African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. This is a very significant historical election. This crisis is still damaging, especially Finnish and European economies very hardly, and that's an important reason to get more and more co- cooperation. And uh, what we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of uh, Tiwonge and uh, Stephen, and also we see Malawi violating its international commitments. Well, the position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting for marine species in particular. African Dialogue, a talk show where we cover anything and everything. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us right now here on your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. I'm Benjamin Mushatama. you currently on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. That's if you're on your radio set and online. It's on www.channelafrica.org. Well, today we're going to be looking at uh, the issue of African writing and look at the creative world of uh, writers and see what we can unveil there because currently uh, this week we will see the uh, happenings of the African Literature uh, Conference which will be taking place it's actually titled the Third African uh, Century International African Writers uh, Conference, very interesting indeed, we'll speak to some experts who will be part of that program so before that let's get our news Thank you, Benjamin. Making headlines, gunmen have shot dead a moderate moderate, rather, Muslim cleric in the Kenyan port city of Mombasa. Televangelist TB Joshua is to testify in Nigeria's court inquest into the collapse of a church guesthouse in September that killed at least 115 people, including 84 South Africans. And finally, the UN International Fund for Agriculture Development partners with Rwanda in developing biogas as a new method of power. With the news at 11 o'clock Central African time, I'm Jolani Tulom. Gunmen in the Kenyan port city of Mombasa have shot dead a moderate Muslim cleric. The cleric was a vocal opponent of the radical preachings of Somali's al-Qaeda-linked al-Shabaab insurgents. The shooting is the latest in a series of killings of preachers amid power struggles between rival Muslim factions. Salim Bakari Mwaranga. Mwarangi was shot late yesterday by gunmen riding a motorbike as he left after prayers at the Balal Mosque in Mombasa. According to a family member, Mwarangi was allegedly receiving death threats. Supporters of the dead clerics accused the security forces of carrying out those killings. Burkina Faso's new military leader, Lieutenant Colonel Isaac Zida, says he wants to return the country to civilian rule within two weeks. That's according to a union leader, Joseph D'Andre Biogo, who met him yesterday with other local leaders and envoys from abroad. This following the army's power grab on Saturday after a popular uprising toppled President Blaise Kampaure. There's been intense international pressure for the military to return power to civilians. 
Televangelist TB Joshua is today expected to testify in Nigeria's court inquest into the collapse of a church guesthouse in September that killed at least 115 people, including 84 South Africans. The accident happened as three more stories were being added to the two-story church building. Kumbuzile Tabete has more. The Lagos State Federal High Court is expected to hear evidence from several parties, including Nigeria's National Emergency Management Agency, a representative of the South African government and the church itself. The incident has since sparked a diplomatic spat between South Africa and Nigeria. South African officials have accused Nigerian authorities of not doing enough to investigate the September 12th accident at the church compound. South Africa said Nigeria Nigerian authorities did not react quickly enough to rescue those trapped under the rubble and complains that Nigeria has still not released the bodies of victims for repatriation and burial. Medical students who have returned to South Africa after falling pregnant while studying in Cuba will now get a second chance. The KwaZulu-Natal province has changed its tune on students who fall pregnant while studying on government bursaries abroad. This comes after Health Minister Aaron Motswaledi overruled the practice by provinces of not allowing these students on the, on the Cuban medical training program to go back to complete their training. In KwaZulu-Natal, a male student who impregnated a fellow student and two female students who fell pregnant have had to come back. KwaZulu-Natal province's Sibongiseni Lomo says they are considering sending psychologists to support the students. So we have actually been overruled and rightfully so by the national minister. All students who have actually fallen pregnant thought to the Cuban police not coming in from Cuba. It's our own uh, concoction in the country that those students must then come back, breastfeed and then go back to study. So I'm trying to get, to get this young man who, to go back quickly, but if we fail, he will go back next year. But let me just say, we'll still be very willing to say if these guys could go and delay their pregnancies well and good, but if they can't and they want to start families like it's a long career, then let's, uh, let's allow them. And finally, the United Nations International Fund for Agricultural Development has partnered with the Rwandan government in developing biogas as a new method of power. Biogas is a clean, renewable alternative to firewood in rural communities in Rwanda. It's a gas produced by the bio biological breakdown of organic products such as dead plant, animal material and kitchen waste. A resident shares their experience of using biogas. Since I have received the flexi biogas, I can cook, I have light, and I can buy some salt. I don't have to buy firewood or oil anymore. The money I save, I can use for other things, like going to see a doctor every month. Recapping the top stories, gunmen have shot dead a moderate Muslim cleric in the Kenyan port city of Mombasa. Televangelist TB Joshua is to testify in Nigeria's court inquest into the collapse of a church guesthouse in September that killed at least 115 people, including 84 South Africans. And finally, the UN International Fund for Agricultural Development partners with Rwanda in developing biogas as a new method of power. For Channel Africa, I'm Jolani Tulo.
The year 2014 represents a historic milestone of 20 years of freedom and democracy in our country. An occasion to reflect on what has been achieved over the past 20 years by South Africans working together. Women have equal rights before the law which did not exist before 1994. Workers have 20 years of enjoying rights including trade union workplace organizing, collective bargaining, equal pay for equal work, health and safety, affirmative action, skills development, minimum wages for workers in vulnerable sectors, the right to strike and the right to peaceful protests. South Africa is a successful story. South Africa is a good story. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance online. You are joining us on www.channelafrica.org. And remember that African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. And this hour as we look at African writing and just the creative world on the continent. Uh, remember, we want to hear your views. So do SMS us on plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five. That's plus two seven eight two three three. Three two five nine zero. Now, an event which is described as the mecca of the world of African literature will take place this week in Johannesburg, uh, bringing together academics, writers, literary scholars and readers of African literature under one roof. Now, the third African Century International African Writers Conference will take place between the 7th and the 8th of November at Museum Africa in the inner city of Johannesburg, right there at the Newtown Precinct. Now, this year, the conference will host, amongst other speakers, Dr. Samia Yabankrumah, the daughter of Ghana's first president, Kwame Nkrumah, who is the chairperson and leader of the Convention People's Party and executive director of the Kwame Nkrumah Pan-African Center, as well as uh, Dr. Zagba Oyote, who is the executive uh, director of the Ghana Museums and uh, Monuments. And uh, the conference really aims to create a platform for Africans to reflect on the contribution of African writers in the development of the continent. And there, I think we've lost someone there on the line. But uh, let's see who I have on the line. Do I have, uh, I think I've lost someone there, but let me find out who's on the line right now. Uh, do I have uh, Morakabe Sekwa on the line? I don't think so. Let's check if we have Dr. Zagba Oyote on the line, the executive director of the Ghana Museums and Monuments. Is he there? Dr. Oyote, are you there? Okay, let's see if we have Moroka Abesekwa. Are you there, the Managing Director of Wright Associates? Okay, I think we've lost everyone on our lines. We'll try to re-establish that particular contact there. But uh, the program will be taking place from the 7th and the 8th of November at Museum Africa. And as I mentioned, you're going to have uh, Dr. Uh, Samia Yabankruma, the Executive Director, who is uh, uh, of the um, Kwame Nkrumah Pan-African Center. She's also the daughter of uh, Kwame Nkrumah. So that must be a very interesting insights on what she'll be talking about 
there to that particular conference. We'll also have Dr. Zagba Oyote, who is the executive director of the Ghana Museums. And also here on the program, we'll also feature the managing director of Wright Associates, and they'll be uh, the people behind organizing this particular event. But let's see who we have on our lines. I think we have one person on the line. Let's see if we have Morokabe Sekwa. Are you there on the line? I am, I am, sir. Oh, thank you for joining us. I think we had a problem with the lines there. But tell us a little bit, uh, Moragabe, about the significance of this particular conference and tell us a little bit about the history of it. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, thank you very much. I must uh, thank, uh, you know, you guys at uh, SBC and SFM, Channel Africa, and the Department of Arts and Culture in uh, helping put uh, this together. Just a small co- correction, uh, my brother, the... The conference last year was indeed at Museum Africa, but this year it's at the National Library of South Africa okay. in, in Pretoria, and we want to thank the, the library to come in as our partner there to have this conference. Well, the conference, as you, you beautifully introduced it, uh, my brother, um, this will be the 22nd, uh, rather the 23rd year of um, this having been declared, the 7th of November having been declared by the, the then OAU, Council of Ministers of uh, Education and Culture, as the International African Writers' Day, um, looking at, uh, of course, uh, the contribution of the African writer in the development of the African continent. So we started it off uh, in uh, 2012, um, where the, the, the lecture itself was given by former President Mbeki, and last year we had uh, Dr. Mustafa Sidiki Kaloko, mm. who is the AU uh, Commissioner of uh, Social Affairs. He came to give that lecture. This year uh, we featured quite a, a number of uh, uh, scholars. Uh, you've already mentioned uh, Dr. Nkrumah and Oyorte. We also have uh, Dr. Wangui Wagoro, who's based in the in the UK, but she's from. From Kenya, as you know, she translated one of Ngugi Wationgo's books, uh, Matigari. Mm. And we also have uh, Professor Andres Olefant, um, uh, Dr. Malis Dalyard in South Africa, uh, Professor Ntlantlamake, and uh, quite a number of, of other uh, scholars uh, here to, to look at the, the theme of this year being... Um, governance uh, uh, in, in, in Africa. We're looking at uh, celebrating the 20, uh, 20th anniversary of our democracy in South Africa, but also the culmination of the 50th anniversary of the formation of, uh, of OAU. And um, on a, a bit of a sad note, mm. uh, it's also 130th anniversary of the Berlin Conference mm. that, uh, you know, proceeded to cut up Africa into its uh, present Malaysia. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for that uh, context in terms of letting us understand where the conference comes from. But let me also see if we have our other guests on the line for our panel. Uh, Dr. Oyote, are you there with us? Yes, I am. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, just if you've just joined us right now, uh, Dr. Oyote is the executive director of the Ghana Museums and uh, Monuments uh, there in Ghana. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, Dr. Oyote, in terms of the work that you do at the Ghana Museums and Monuments, just for us to understand the, the, the work that you're currently doing at this moment. 
many thanks for this uh, opportunity to speak about the program and what I do. I work uh, as executive director of the Ghana Museum for Monuments Board. Our institution was founded on the eve of independence. Um, that is to say, those who delivered the country from colonial rule were determined that our memory as a people would serve to guide us into the future and how we, we constructed ourselves and constructed a new notion of Africa. Therefore, we not only have archaeological work, hmm. uh, ethnographical work, but also modern or contemporary art. The whole species is premised on the importance as of culture as key to how we deliver our development projects. This is what I do. And we, ha- we are also responsible for the monuments of Ghana. We list, we preserve, and we integrate all of that into future projections. Mm. Now, before we look at uh, what you'll be speaking about at this particular conference this year, Dr. Oyote, when you look at uh, the preservation of our literature here on the continent in terms of how we actually acknowledge it, how we preserve it in terms of uh, also its uh, ongoing process, we know that we're in a new era, post-colonial African literature is uh, underway currently. And uh, uh, where are we right now when it comes to our storytelling narrative? Are we still um, moving forward as a continent? Well, as, as, a, as a people, we are. We, we have to ensure that, as Brother Rack put it so uh, eloquently, we have to ensure that the past speaks to the future. Mm. Over several decades, the African literary imagination has guided and shaped how we project ourselves. Yes, sometimes this has been very difficult in the face of past economic realities, but our writers, whether past or present, have always strived against all odds to make sure that the vision, the dream, is conveyed in literature. Now, other artists may be doing this in sculpture, etc. Sometimes you find some who combine all of this. You have a great example of that, uh, if you can see South Africa, without all of this. But uh, as far as the literary imagination is concerned, which is what I'm going to speak about, mm. is how the freedom has guided and shaped what we can support most of the combatants, like of, of the human network. South Africa has a vast uh, uh, range of fake artists. I believe very much that uh, if we keep dialoguing between the past and our projected future, those of us here entrusted in cultural memory and cultural development would manage to keep our eyes focused on the past. Mm. Now, I'll address some of these things when I speak and give examples of some of these poetic renderings that have been standard bearers of our freedom. So, um, yes, I think the line is not very good, so I do not hear all the questions, uh, but I hope what the little bit I've said gives you an indication of how important I think what they are going to, are going to do is, and more important, a documentation of that will serve to further fix the process of the freedom.
No, we can hear you just uh, uh, very well from this side, uh, Dr. Oyote. But I want to come back to you, uh, Murakabe, in terms of the, the conference in itself, this acknowledgement and taking that time to pause in terms of looking at uh, the contribution of the uh, writers in terms of African writers in the development of Africa and the world. How significant is this process in itself of actually creating this platform? Well, it's very significant, my brother, and, uh, you know... Uh, I didn't get the last bit of what you said. Oh, yes, I was, re- I was uh, Dr. Oyote, I was referring the question to our other guest, Murakabe, in terms of the significance of this platform. Um, Murakabe, can you uh, let us know your views there in terms of why is this process so significant, as I was asking uh, earlier? Sure, sure, uh, and greetings to the comrade Zagba there and comrade uh, Samia. No, it's, it's, it's very significant, my brother. We actually, you know, it will be quite great to get the, the you know, August organizations like the AU itself uh, looking already at the, the, the efforts to launch in each country the African Renaissance, uh, Cultural Renaissance uh, chapters uh, and, uh, in terms of the Charter uh, 2063. Um, it will be very important that uh, all African governments, indeed the uh, governments also uh, beyond the African continent, to create this enabling environment and the platform for you know players, uh, particularly around the arts, culture, and heritage, to have these uh, conferences like the one we are doing now um, fully supported, where you know we can pride ourselves to say uh, each year. Um, or whenever it's possible, we do indeed gather these uh, African minds mm. to look at this uh, uh, the strategic uh, uh, leadership and input um, of our continent. Writers have a very important uh, play to, uh, I mean, role to play. As you know, for instance, uh, practically all the national liberation movements uh, on the continent, at the base of them were, were writers, uh, literary scholars, you know, intellectuals. You look at the ANC, for instance, mm. uh, people like uh, Saul Plucky, uh, the Dromo, the Dromos, uh, and, and, and all, all of those. Mm. And, uh, you know, go to Zimbabwe, go to Ghana. Uh, what you see, there's a lot of a legacy and imprint of what they, they, they put out in terms of letters, uh, the literary uh, legacy. Mm. So it's very important. Ours is a very small... Uh, um, contribution as the right associates in South Africa um, to, to, to create this platform. But we really uh, would feel very, very uh, honored and it would be very important that government um, come into play because, uh, you know, without arts, culture and heritage, particularly the literary arts, all what we're saying to carry out this mandate of the then OAU for the African writer uh, uh, contribution to the uh, development of the continent would really come to naught if we don't have the support of all the Mm. Well, we're going to take a little break. In terms of your views as the listener there, as you've heard some views from Dr. Zagba Oyote, who is the Executive Director of the Ghana Museums and Monuments, and also Murakabe Sekwa, who's the Managing Director of Ride Associates, which is behind the organization of this uh, particular event this year. What are your views in terms of how we take time to reflect on our, our own writers? Do you think that we do do that? Do we support our own writers on the continent? And also another area that's of concern 
concern for me is the accessibility also of African uh, books. Do we have them accessible as international uh, logos and books? What are your views on that? SMS us on plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five. We're still trying to get hold of the Dr. Samia Yabankruma. Uh, we're struggling with that particular line, but we'll continue with Dr. Zagbo Yote to look at some of the themes that he'll be covering. He started just an introduction on some of the areas that we'll be touching on in uh, this uh, particular conference. Uh, it's the third African Century African uh, International, let me say it again, the African Century International African Writers Conference. It's taking place from the 7th and the 8th of November. Uh, you should go check it out as well. Uh, we'll find out more about uh, really uh, also just uh, the nature and the forms of African literature. It's very versatile as well when you think of pre-colonial literature, colonial African literature, post-colonial African literature, and also the idea of oral literature, and also how do we actually create those definitions and understand it more, because sometimes it's placed in academia, whereby it's not as accessible for the ordinary person on the streets. The time right now is 11.25. We'll be back after this break. Ebola bits. Symptoms may develop from 2 to 21 days, normally in 8 to 10 days. Symptoms often begin with a sudden fever along with muscle aches and a headache. There may also be nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, a cough and a sore throat. This message is brought to you by Channel Africa and supplied by the World Health Organization. Follow the discussion on Twitter using hashtag BeatEbolaNow. Well, today we're focusing on literature on the continent. Uh, the third African Century International African Writers Conference is going to take place uh, this week. Uh, and I think uh, we're struggling with another line there. I think we've lost a line, but I'll check who's on the line. But uh, it's a very interesting idea whereby we can reflect on our own writers on the continent and actually pay homage, but also see where we are currently in terms of our own writing. Let me check if Murugabe, are you there on the line? Yeah. Oh, we've lost him there as well, I think. Uh, I don't know who we have. Dr. Oyote, are you there? No, we've lost that uh, line as well. So I think we're struggling with our lines today. But let us know your thoughts about what you think about uh, African literature on the continent. We want to hear from you in terms of, uh, do you think that it's accessible for us ordinary uh, uh, Africans? I know when I go to a certain uh, uh, bookshop, it's very difficult to find some African literature, not just uh, novels. I'm not just talking about fiction, but also uh, terms of uh, uh, international or continental brands of African writers themselves. Sometimes it's very localized where you just get South African uh, writers only. But uh, are we getting that accessibility and that access to our own writers in terms of uh, uh, when we go to our local store, for instance? Can you find it there in our libraries? Do you think that there's a focus on African literature? Let us know your thoughts by SMSing us on plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five. And where we are right now in terms of African literature, 
literature, do you think that our writers are relevant in terms of uh, the narrative of today? Let us know your thoughts. Plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five. Now let's check if we have uh, Moragabe there on the line. Are you there? I'm here, I'm here. Fantastic. I think we're struggling there with the lines. I think it's because we also have continental lines to Ghana today. So, yeah. But let's continue with this particular theme that we're on today. You know, the narrative of the whole theme of championing the Pan-African thought, uh, Marakabe, is one that is still one that we should reflect on in terms of African themes themselves. As Africans, do you think we still have this uh, uh, Pan-African vibrancy about us? So do you think that we're becoming very uh, cosmopolitan and very international right now? Well, um, I think we, we are, um, uh, but we can do more. Mm. We can really do more. And um, I think as uh, our theme uh, says, um, uh, this year's theme, and, and looking uh, particularly at uh, the Berlin Conference, for, for, for instance, if we can proceed to live up to the, you know, the passion of people like um, the late... Uh, Kwame uh, Nkrumah, mm. uh, to really have uh, a united, uh, you know, the United States of Africa. Uh, in other words, uh, both physically and, uh, and, and mentally, mm. if we can start to break down the, the borders that keep us separate, then uh, I think we will go quite a long way in, 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 uh, in uh, you know, achieving this uh, uh, truly uh, pan-African dream. Um, and uh, and the, the arts play a very strategic role there, particularly the literary arts, as we are doing with the conference, um, to, to, to make sure that uh, quite deliberately and programmatically we go across our borders. We create this uh, knowledge production platforms like, like, like conferences, not only in Johannesburg or, or, or Roswani, mm. but make sure that you, 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 you know, proudly, you know, say, I'm going to, to Accra, I'm going to, to Rwanda, you know, to uh, the same way I say we, we both, oh, I'm going to the U.S. or I'm going to, to, to London, you yeah, know. Yeah. You should have the same passion about your own continent. After all, everything starts from here. And, uh, and uh, uh, you know, our interaction with uh, our brothers and sisters from across uh, many borders here in, in the country and in the diaspora, it's a testament to, to, to what we, we, we're trying to do. And uh, we would want it really mostly, uh, Sorry, sir. Most, most particularly the, the, the youth, to, to take this on. And we encourage them to also attend this kind of uh, uh, conference and, and platforms we, we're trying to create. I also found it very interesting, Murakabe, the themes that are going to be covered by the speakers we have on the show today. Uh, while uh, Dr. Samia Yaba Nkrumah will be looking at a theme towards Africa's socio-cultural liberation, uh, Dr. Oyote is going to be looking at a theme, the African literal imagination and the quest for African liberation. This theme of liberation is something that is still kind of a, uh, a resounding, a repetition that's uh, uh, kind of a trend here. What do we mean by that uh, quest for African liberation, that idea of uh, seeing ourselves being liberated even in this uh, contemporary uh, times that we live in today? Well, I, I, I would love uh, um, uh, my comrade there well, to, to tackle it, uh, comrade uh, yeah. Yorte, is he there? I think he's there. Uh, Dr. Yorte, do you want to elaborate yes, I on that? I, mm. I was basically asking... Dr. 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 
Yeah, Dr. Oyota, I was just looking at this theme of the the African literary imagination and the quest for African liberation that you'll be addressing. It's a theme that uh, Dr. Samia Yabankruma is also looking at, kind of looking at this idea of liberation is a word that comes in even within her theme. She says that her theme will be towards Africa's socio-cultural liberation. What do we mean by that African liberation that seems to be a trend here? Ah, ah, okay. Well, um... Liberation is not just a matter of uh, political freedom. It, it requires what we might call freedom. Mm. And uh, yes, we may have won the various democratic all-armed struggles to establish our republics and our nation. But that is just the beginning of it. Mm. So the, the, the quest for freedom, freedom that transcends colonization, Freedom that guarantees us uh, uh, equal rights with all within our nations and gives us uh, the comforts of uh, human existence. So when we talk about liberation, we're talking about liberation from all the things that keep us oppressed and uh, the things that prevent us from fulfilling ourselves as human beings. Mm. So that is the sense in which liberation is used. It's not just a fiscal economic concept, mm. but one that goes ultimately into culture. Mm. Now, within all of that, there is the role that literature, or orature, as you may say, has played in shaping our progress, continuing our progress, guiding our progress towards the ultimate. The literary imagination that is specifically African is one that reflects Africa and speaks to the aspiration of Africa. Yes, the native writers and poets of international repute, mm. but they are addressing often a certain African sensibility mm. to couch their expressions in ways that speak to how Africans would imagine themselves with their local resources, whether it's the environment, their histories, or traditions. This is what I mean by the African literary imagination as opposed to mm. other mm. Uh, literary uh, 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 traditions in different parts of the world. Now, I think we have uh, Dr. Samia Yaba Nkrumah joining us. Uh, Dr. Nkrumah, are you there with us? No, I think we've we've lost we've lost her as well. They're not sure that we're having some tr- trouble with that particular line. But also, uh, when we look at that distinct issue there in terms of the African liberation, Dr. Yorte, I think when you think about accessibility to African literature, sometimes it is questionable. I don't know about you, but I'm a lover of African literature in South Africa. But sometimes when you look at the accessibility of it, sometimes it's very hard. Whereby African literature sometimes is placed in the category of academia and sometimes is not accessible to the uh, normal person on the street. Uh, how do we deal with this dynamic, Dr. Yorte, making sure that our literature, our culture is accessible as well, not just uh, to academia, but also to the normal citizens of our countries? Well, what uh, uh, academia reflects should be what is uh, 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 on the ground. Mm. This is what makes any kind of scholarship or any kind of uh, artistic work interesting. Mm. In other words, as far as, as much as the artist may be free to abstract, they still begin with a concern of people. If our writers, at some point, do not seem to connect with reality, it may not necessarily be because we are prescribing that every writer to address issues of freedom, of uh, hunger, of uh, political repression. Mm. 
this what for the issue of do those who write books reflect the reality on the ground or are their works accessible to those who may not be so privileged as to read the films they produce mm. so literature as we use it and I again prefer that or footnote that with orator is not something that should exclude those who are not literate. Hmm. It should not be confined to the past. Because day in and day out, young Africans, young people all over the world, are expressing themselves in poetic ways. Is hip-hop, is other forms that I myself might be too old to re- 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 recognize. Hmm. Hmm. But there's a constant uh, 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 reflection of our lives are perceived by young people in different musical work and they have songs that I might not even be aware of. So it is not a notion that is confined to the past necessarily and it is not a notion that is irrelevant to young people. Well, also, let me try see if we've got Dr. Samia Yabankruma there. I think you highlight some of the issues of accessibility there, uh, and I think it's a, it's an important issue that you've highlighted. But uh, Dr. Yabankruma, are you there with us? Dr. Nkrumah, can you hear me? Hello. Yes, Dr. Nkrumah, can Hello. you hear me? Can you hear me there? Yes, just, just. All right. Let's try see if if we. Yeah, let's try and see if we can uh, uh, continue with you in terms of uh, what you'll be covering at uh, uh, this particular uh, conference. Uh, you'll be looking at uh, the theme towards Africa's socio-cultural liberation. Hala, just briefly what you mean by this uh, theme. Yes, as someone who's been practicing active politics for the last few years, I've come to the conclusion that we, for us as Africans, for us to reverse the years of dependency, and of indecision, of fear, of exploitation and economic marginalization, we need to be equipped with an ideology or a set of principles um, which we some of us call decolonization. We need to understand that if we don't have a guiding principle to take us out of our dependency, then it will be very difficult for us to progress. And our intellectuals, our writers, our educators, our artists, I think are best equipped to help lift our consciousness and to help make us understand our reality better and the reality and the need for us to rid ourselves of the consequences of slavery, of colonialism, of apartheid. So what we are saying is that we, we need all um, 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 stakeholders in our societies to help push us to the next level. We gained our political independence mm. or national independence. Many of our countries, 
not all. Many we gained our independence about, what, 50 years ago. The Organization of African Unity was created also about 50 years ago to consolidate that political independence. But today, if we look around us, to be perfectly honest, we are still struggling to survive a small uh, state or statelet, micro-nationalist state. And because of our lack of political will, we really we, we squandered the opportunity to manage our economy properly. Uh, we've robbed ourselves mm. of the opportunity mm. to enjoy the fruits of policies that would put us you know, on the same level as, as some of the countries that went on to increase their productivity. Yeah. Um, Th- and I think for many of us, the next stage is clearly to gain control of our economies and resources and translate that into uh, providing basic needs to our people. Mm. Very basic needs, clean drinking water, uh, adequate electricity supply, uh, quality education, basic services. Mm. Um, and for me as a politician, this is what is uppermost in my mind. Mm. Let us stop relying on uh, prescriptions from others, which has not really worked. Mm. And let us break the dependency syndrome and become self-reliant. And we are relying on our intellectuals to, to help articulate that. Mm. Dr. Nkrumah, a question that I wanted to ask you in terms of being the, the daughter of Kwame Nkrumah, uh, looking at this pan-Africanism that he was a champion of, do you think this is a, a, a reality that we've adopted as the continent or do you think that we are moving away from these ideals? Yes, unfortunately we have. We've abandoned those ideals and uh, Many of us believe that that is the reason why we are economic chaos and facing the challenges, the magnitude of the challenges we are faced with today. Indeed, we have abandoned the, the Pan-African dream. Uh, Pan-Africanism is the total integration and unification of Africans and the continent, mm. you know, um, under a union government, a union government which would... Uh, make sure that there are fair opportunities for every single African. Um, now, it is this idea, and, uh, these, this aspiration that um, made uh, Kwame Nkrumah declare on the eve of Ghana's independence, that the independence of Ghana is meaningless unless it is linked to the total liberation of the, of the continent. Mm. Um, so, and I think until we understand that and until we implement policies inside our various uh, small states and also at the continental level uh, to, to, to reach that uh, pinnacle. I think it will be very difficult for us to develop and, and develop quickly. Mm. Um, um, as, you, as you know, we, um, if you look at the different aspects of our um, um, continental uh, relationships, we are, we are lagging behind even in respect to other continents. In mm. African trade is very low, the lowest amongst other continents. Um, and uh, we are not planning continentally, we are not planning our economies together, mm. we are not planning our foreign policies together, we are not planning our, our, our cultural um, and our social uh, 
policies together. And I think we are, uh, as a result, we are the greatest losers. losers. Uh, and yet again, it's only that ideology of decolonization mm. that is very much linked to our Pan-African struggle that I think would help us. The mm. social liberation and unification of Africa must be pursued with a plan and with focus and yeah. with urgency yeah, so that well, we can compete with, with other uh, bigger nations in the world. Yeah, well, we're running out of time, but it's great to hear your voice, uh, Dr. Samia Yabankruma, and uh, your ideals there. But it comes back to sociological issues, Murakabe, literature. It doesn't really separate us from everyday life, as, as, as you've heard some of the narrations there from uh, Dr. Nkrumah herself and Dr. Zagbayote talking about speaking of the aspirations of the normal people on the ground. Now, let's go back to the conference in itself. Tell us a little bit about when it's going to be taking place, when, what time, where people can get, to, how people can get access to the facility itself. Do they need tickets to go in? Tell us a little bit about that, Muragab. Yo, thank you, thank you, my brother. Uh, I just want to underline the, the point that uh, was raised by both uh, uh, comrades. Uh, uh, yeah, you can carry on, Muragab. Yes, yes, to, uh, by, by comrade Nkrumah there, and, and hello to comrade Samia. Um, you know, I think it's, it's very important just to underline that, that, that point that uh, uh, for me, uh, writing and writers and the whole, um, you know, uh, craft of literature must take into account um, that uh, uh, we 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 starting with the, the economic uh, liberation of, of Africa also uh, to really move uh, quite uh, speedily uh, the achievements of uh, political liberation we, we have. The conference itself is happening on the seventh of this month. That is the uh, day after tomorrow, uh, Friday at the National Library of uh, South Africa, uh, 228 um, uh, Johannes uh, Ramukhase Street mm. in Pretoria. Starting from 8 o'clock uh, with the Minister of Arts and Culture opening the conference and mm. giving a keynote address. And at uh, 2 o'clock, of course, we've got uh, uh, Dr. Nkrumah to give the, the, the lecture. Mm. And, um, and then, uh, of course, in between those is, is the conference itself with different inputs from people like uh, Comrade Oyorte. We will uh, close the, the evening uh, from 6 upwards with the South African uh, Literary Awards where we will be awarding uh, the, the, you know, the, the awards to, to different people. Uh, people can uh, check uh, our website, uh, www.sala.org.za or the Cool. Or they can just write to info at right All right, thank you. I think that's the the time that I have left. Uh, I can see I uh, have my economics guide to give us our update there. Thank you to Dr. Samia Yabankrum. I hope that we could have spoken to you a little bit more there, but uh, she is the daughter of Nkwame Nkrumah and the executive director of the Nkwame Nkrumah Pan-African Center and the chairperson and leader of the political party, the Convention People's Party, and uh, really interesting views there on her take on what's happening in terms of our views on Pan-Africanism. And also I want to thank the executive 
Executive Director of uh, Ghana's Museums and Monuments. That's Dr. Zakba Oyote. Thank you for joining us on the program and also just giving us an info on the conference itself and some of the ideas that will be shared is Murakabe Sekwa rather, and he's the Managing Director for that particular organization. But let's wrap it up and move on to our economics update. Wisani Matebula is standing by. Thanks, Benjamin. More than 700 workers uh, affiliated to South Africa's National Union of Mine Workers have downed tools at the Kornfontein coal mine in Pumalanga province. According to branch secretary of the NUM, Lakim Mguni, mine workers are against the employer's deviation of retrenchment policies. Mguni says over 200 workers at the mine are faced with retrenchment. The employer is not willing to move from what he has offered to the employees, which is not according to the agreements that we are having in the company. The mandate from the workers is that they are not going back to their workplace until the company comply with the agreement because the fear that they are having next year, February, there will be a second phase of retrenchment. If the employers don't want to comply with the agreements that we are having currently, how do you want to determine the retrenchment payment next year? Mobile money transfers are increasingly boosting East Africa's integration process. This after the East African Community's Economic Bloc opened up borders, business is booming, and there is increased demand for fast, affordable, and secure financial transfer services. Mobile service providers are now scrambling for this newly found regional market. Sylvanus Karamera reports from Rwanda's capital, Kigali. This is a mobile money transfer service center in Kigali. Here, people are using mobile service networks to send money. In Rwanda, like other countries in East Africa, this has become the most common and secure means for people to receive remittances directly to their mobile phones. Financial indicators, the dollar 11.04, South African rents 9.06, Botswana Pulas and 6.32, Zambian Quachas also trading at 0.62 against the British pound and 0.79 against the euro. Gold, $1,163, platinum, $1,216, a fine ounce, Brent crude oil has gone down to $82.55 per barrel. That's how it's looking. Lingwati standing by to give us our sports. In our sports update this hour, starting off with rugby news, Springbok team doctor Craig Roberts says scrum half Juan Pinar has been ruled out of the outgoing tour. A knee ligament injury has sidelined Pinar, who will be replaced by Jan Fermak. Robert says Ruan was reassessed following the on-field fitness test from yesterday, and unfortunately, he has developed some swelling and puffiness around the knee, indicating that he is not yet ready to partake in full training and playing in a match. Pinar has been out of action since September after picking up the injury during the 14-10 loss against New Zealand in Wellington. 
The Springboks take on Ireland in the tour opener in Dublin on Saturday. They face England in London on the 15th of November, Italy in Padova on November the 22nd, and Wales in Cardiff on the 29th of November. And former Wales caretaker coach Rob Howley says George North will be more than comfortable switching from the wing into the centre for Saturday's autumn test against Australia in Cardiff on Saturday. Wales' Jonathan Davis and Scott Williams have both failed to recover from injury in time. And North will form a formidable centre partnership with Jamie Roberts. Uh, you know, when, you, when you're losing you know, like Scott and John, uh, then you, know, you look at the sort of strength and depth. And whilst we think George is probably in his best position on the wing, we're more than comfortable that he can fill in that 13. And uh, obviously with his space and guile and ability to beat players, uh, we're more uncomfortable with that partnership. Meanwhile, Dan Leidate has proved his fitness while training with Wales, having only started two games for Racing Metro this season, and the second row is currently attached uh, after returning to Wales. Uh, Dan Leidate has come up, come up to the top five in the echelons of fitness. Uh, I totally understand there's fitness and there's rugby fit. Uh, we feel Dan's been an important cog uh, in terms of, from a defensive perspective, in terms of getting off the line and his late chop tackling, <coughs> and sets the tone in terms of defence. Uh, he's an important member for us, and uh, I think that the way he's come back and conditioned himself, he's worked particularly hard, and uh, he's very fit, he's looking trim, and he's excited about play- playing in the number six jersey again. In football news, FIFA anti-racism advisor Tokyo Sihwale thinks black players could boycott the 2018 World Cup and is urging Russian President Vladimir Putin to demand tougher action against racism in football. South Africa's former Robben Island political prisoner Sihwale is against boycotts but expressed concerns that there are certain parts of Moscow where if you are black, it's unsafe. Sekhwale says there is a threat that black players will say they are not going, believing Russia will be boycotted by racism victims because people will lose confidence in the Russian Football Federation. Although UEFA has punished Russian clubs for racism at Champions League matches in recent years, the National Federation has appeared less willing to tackle abuse. In athletics, the Three-time Boston and two-time Chicago Marathon title holder Rita Jebtu has exercised an option for a B-sample test to establish the validity of a failed urine A-sample that tested positive for blood booster EPO. Athletics Kenya confirmed the development after the athlete who caused an international sensation when news broke she had failed an out-of-competition test conducted in September appeared before the Medical and Anti-Doping Commission. And finally, with golf news... World number two Adam Scott is ready to take advantage of the absence of Rory McElroy at the 8.5 million WGC HSBC Champions Tournament starting on Thursday. Australian Scott is part of a stellar field that includes 40 of the top 50 players in the world. US Open champion Martin Kamer, who is a front runner, says there is still a very strong field to beat. Yeah, it was 2011 where I shot nine under the last 12 holes, and there was a good run, and then last year. Um, I shot 10 under par on their golf course, so it definitely suit my eye. It's one of those courses where you like to just stay on the first tee because of the experience that you shot uh, low rounds here before, that you won here before, so I, I really fancy that event. That's your Sport News this hour.
Well, that's how we wrap it up. Thank you for joining us here on uh, Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Uh, I hope that we uh, really looked at this uh, particular uh, issue of African writing very uh, briefly, but uh, uh, it was very interesting to hear some of the sentiments made by especially Dr. Ngrumah there at the end, looking at uh, the uh, how we walked away from our pan-Africanism in terms of our affirmation of who we are slowly but surely, and the dependence that we do have on the international community but hey we also heard from Dr. Zakba Yorte who is the executive director of the Ghana Museums and Monuments who is looking at that particular theme of African liberation in our literature and in our lifestyle not that we've only just uh, uh, really found ourselves in a space where we are uh, freed economically uh, and also just uh, socially but we also have other struggles that we still need to uh, deal with uh, some more economic issues that we have to deal with and also from also a political aspect as well but hey all these are connected can you imagine to literature we were talking about the uh, African Century International African Writers Conference which is taking place at the National Library of South Africa in Pretoria on uh, Friday and a very interesting stuff indeed but hey let us know your thoughts on our conversation today do SMS us on plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five that's plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five do you think that hey we actually take time to acknowledge our African writers on the continent. Let us know your views. But hey, that's it uh, for this uh, hour here on African Dialogue. Coming up is Africa Midday. She don't try to hide it. Diamonds on the surface and she wins Talking about diamonds on the soles of a shoe. 